Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's in- interesting to me is that I find you're focused on the number of women who apparently are very interested in you, and yet, Larry, you seem preoccupied. I'm just... Wondering, have you ever noticed the disparity in these two chairs? Your chair is so much better than this one. This is not a comfortable chair at all. Did, did you buy these chairs? Yes, I, I bought both of them. You picked out both I of picked them? them out, yeah. What was going through your head when you picked out this chair? You picked out a great chair for yourself. That's a gorgeous chair. I would have that in my house. But this one, it's not comfortable. I'm constantly shifting from side to side. You have the comfortable chair. You have taken the good chair. It's interesting. You are the first and only patient who has ever said anything negative about that chair. I I don't find that interesting at all. Well, I do, and that's my job, to find things interesting. Well... Interesting with a chair. I don't know what you're writing over there. Chair issues. <laughs> I think there's something deeper. I, I don't think you're writing anything. I think you're. No, I could show you. Huh? I could show you. You know, I mean, you're you're a nice man, but you know, do you do, you do that much between you and me? Don't you think that I do a significant amount of help to you? Yeah. yeah. Really? May I be honest with you? I hope that you can always be honest with me. Well, I'm often never honest with you, but here's what I'm proposing. I think you should go chair shopping. I think you need another chair. And you know what else? I'm willing to go chair shopping with you. Will you think about it? I don't know, but I do know that the session is over, and so we'll have to pick this up next time. It's tough for you to have to look at that watch, isn't it? It must be a little awkward. You know, I, I see it. You, I know you, you see can't it. I'm not wa- trying to sneak it. You can't, you're trying to do a little sneaky watch peek. I'm not trying to do a sneaky watch peek. I'm trying to be efficient with our time. Why didn't you put a clock behind me? So you could have a clock, you know, when the time's up. But nevertheless, okay. it is it is over, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. Hey, everybody out there in Hook Rock Land, this is at Mike's Guitar Parlor in Hermosa Beach, coming to you live with Jay Scott. What's going on? It's Jay Scott. Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. As always, we're offering an escape for you during these times here, although the times are getting better. Um, But we offer music commentary, music interviews like we have today. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. 
Check out them at PantheonPodcast.com, on Twitter at Pantheon Pods. Like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you do listen. We do appreciate it. And as I mentioned, we would uh, we're, we do have another great interview lined up for you today. And I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Travis Miguel from Atreyu. What's going on? How are you? Hello. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. No worries. No worries. As always, we always start the same way every time we have a new guest on the podcast, first-time guest on the podcast, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? For me, it was Metallica. Um, I discovered Metallica at a pretty early age. I was like 10, 11 years old. And uh, I saw the one video and it completely blew my mind. And um, I've just been drawn to music ever since. Where did it go from there? I mean, you're the rhythm guitar player. Was there a guitarist that influenced you to play guitar? Yeah, well, I mean, as far as like rhythm guitar, I mean, both Dan and I have like leads and solos and stuff. And we have different, you know, um, like if there's a uh, a certain part of a song where, okay, that's definitely a Dan part or this has Travis written all over it. So we definitely share duties, um, which keeps it interesting for us. Um, but as far as guitar players, man, everybody from, uh, I, I always cite Jerry Cantrell as one of my favorite guitar players. Um, he's not necessarily a shredder, but he can say more by you know, just doing a full step bend or a half step bend than he can with like a million notes crammed into two bars. Um, man, who else? Uh, Marty Friedman, Paul Gilbert, uh, Dimebag, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, man, I, I can kind of go on forever, really. Basically anybody who's better than me. And there's a lot of those people <laughs> out there. It, it does. I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of different styles, too, that influence you. You mentioned Steve Ray Vaughan. You mentioned Marty Friedman. You mentioned Paul Gilbert. What was it about or what's it about a guitar player that really does pull you in? I mean, is there a certain type of element that they have that attracts you to how they play? Yeah. Um, I mean, as long like usually I'm drawn to players who... I mean, just simply, I find interesting who are playing stuff. They're not, you know, just noodling through scales. They're, they're, you know, kind of saying something with their playing. It's like listening to somebody speak. Um, you know, if somebody's talking to you like a million miles an hour, you're like, okay, whoa, slow down. I can't, I can't grasp onto what you're saying. Um, and you know, like phrasing is a big, is a big thing for me. Um, it's it's not only what you're saying, but how you're saying it, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's basically just whoever I find interesting is, you know, or somebody who might not be doing something that everybody else is doing or somebody who has this weird, unique approach. Like, like we were talking about Marty Friedman, like even just like, I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but his right hand looks really weird when you play plays and uh for some reason i'm just drawn to that just weird little nuances like that those that kind of um 
piques my interest, so to speak. I feel the same way. I, I've seen Richie Kotzen in concert several times. And when you look at both of his hands, you know, whether it's the one with, you know, that he's playing that he doesn't have a pick and he's doing all this crazy stuff with his fingers on the strings. And then he's got his, you know, hand doing all these wild things on the fretboard and it's extending so far. And I just look at him in amazement. Like, how is he doing all that at once? It's just, and, and, and have that soulful sound that he has too, as well. Um, and that depth of playing, of depth in his, in his music, um, and, and be like this shredder, soulful guy. It's just, I can't, I can't even comprehend how he does it. Yeah. It's all, it's all style. It's all nuance. It's all, um, you know, how the player approaches the instrument. Um, you know, like I said, like you can watch somebody fly up and down the neck, just going through scales, which is, I mean, every, as us, as guitar players, we all love shredding, right? Um, but if it's just mindless noodling all over the place, it's like, you're not really saying much with that. Um, you know, like you said, like Richie Kotzen, like, like, you know, the dude's got feel, he's got chops. He, he says something with his playing. When you are playing and writing music, you know, and, and you are trying to say something with your guitar, where do you draw from that? Like, where do you get, you know, your message, your voice you know, in your playing? For me, I mean, it just simply comes down to do I like listening to or do I like hearing what I'm playing? Um, you know, does it, does it excite me? Um, am I stoked on it? You know, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Whether it's some super intricate, thought out part or it can just be like a simple like two or three note riff as long as i'm stoked on it that's you know that's kind of what keeps me going is it just you kind of like noodling to find what you're trying to say or do you have something that you want to hear in your head and you're trying to get that out you know you know on the guitar you know through the amp um and hear and try to hear what you hear in your mind sometimes it's both um you know, yeah, sometimes, a lot of times I'll hear something in my head and I'll try and get it from my brain into my hands onto the guitar. Um, a lot of times I'll have dreams that I've written this awesome riff and then I wake up and I'm so stoked on it. I'm like, oh, I'm, all, I'm totally going to remember that in the morning because it was that good. And then I wake up a few hours later and I don't remember a single note. Oh. <laughs> and that's happened more often than I'd like to admit. I just need to like, once the idea gets in my head, I got to like get up and then just make a voice memo of it or something. Um, but other times, yeah, it's just literally uh, noodling around and um, kind of stumbling onto something that catches my ear. And then, um, you know, from there, I'll just kind of build from there, whether it's, the riff or the chorus or the whole song itself. Um, so it's a little bit of both worlds, really. As far as emotion goes in your playing and, and how you're trying to speak through the guitar, was it difficult to find things to say during the pandemic? As far as like <clears throat> creative playing, not really. Um, I mean, obviously because of the pandemic we had 
you know, a lot of time on our hands because obviously we were supposed to be sheltering in place and not go anywhere and basically avoid people, which was fine with me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like I, I, during the pandemic, I've been playing guitar way more than I have in a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, if there's, there's a few silver linings in the pandemic and for me, that's definitely one of them is just having time to sit down with the guitar and, um, kind of, you know, I've retaught myself a lot of things. Um, I've taught my, or, you know, I've discovered new things. Um, so yeah, I've just had, it's almost like, uh, I'm, I'm falling back in love with the guitar. You know, a lot of times when we have situations around us and our reality is different or it's reality is something we don't like, like a pandemic, like a shelter in place, whether we believe it or not, whether we want it to happen or not, it affects our creativity and it affects the tone of our creativity. Was that a concern? Did you find that, you know, when you're reteaching yourself guitar or playing again, falling in love with the guitar again, did you find that you sounded different just because of what you were dealing with? Not that I've noticed. Um <clears throat> You know, when you're a guitar player or basically any kind of creative person, I think sometimes you're the last one to develop an opinion of what you're doing, if that makes sense. Um, you know, if if you listen to somebody else's music or somebody else's work or see somebody else's art, I think it's a lot easier to construct an opinion right off the bat. Whereas me, I tend to second guess myself quite a bit. And if I come up with something, I'm like, hmm, is this, is this cool? Or am I, can I do better than this? Or what can I do to make, you know, how can I change this to make it better? Sometimes I don't need to change it. Sometimes I need to just scrap it and then start over, you know, start from the drawing board again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends, really. Um, a lot of it, too, is just what mood I'm in at that time. You know, sometimes if I'm in a little bit more of a jovial mood, I'll, I'll tend to come up with stuff that's a little bit more upbeat and um, a little bit more <laughs> rocking if for lack of a better term. And if, you know, if I'm kind of like in a brooding uh, darker mood, I'll um, I tend to come up with stuff that's a little bit more vibey and uh, a little bit more ominous and dark sounding so um there's a lot of factors that go into it so you know it just kind of depends on where i am at that time i, th I found it interesting because i've asked a lot of artists the you know a very similar question it's, it's you know to ask them about their creativity during the pandemic and how even if they were being creative you know did it did the tone change did the colors change and how because of what they were feeling you know when you're doing the same thing every day and you're not experiencing life it can become a challenge for some and it can be, you know, difficult to tap into that creative well that artists are, are used to, you know, being part of their life. And when they're in a lot of that, it stems from being motivated because they're experiencing things they're out and about, they're doing stuff, they're living life. And when that stops, how does that change? And it's, you know, there's been a lot of different answers. I don't think I've gotten one answer that's been the same um, during this time, you know, for the past year. Yeah, it's, I mean, it kind of, it kind of just depends on the person, really. Um, 
you know, like I said, it just, for me, it's, it can be, um, you know, something might happen to me throughout the day that pisses me off. Therefore it's going to affect my mood for the rest of the day, which is going to affect the way I'm writing or creating. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes I'm having a really good day and I'm stoked, you know, I'm smiling. So that's going to affect how I approach, you know, creating or writing or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's different every day. Sometimes when I pick up a, a guitar, riffs and licks and you know parts and songs just start flowing out and other times it's like i'll sit down with a guitar and i got nothing i'm just you know grasping at straws to come up with something even remotely cool and sometimes that lasts for days or weeks and sometimes when i'm on a roll that'll last for days and weeks so there's definitely uh an ebb and flow and a push and pull to the whole thing the new album is out June 4th. It's called Baptize. This is an album that is part of the widespread album releases that are going on in 2021. Everyone seems to be swinging for the fences. Everyone's excited about the material that they're promoting. Let's face it, it's been a long time since a lot of bands have been able to get out and talk about new music and talk about the prospects of getting in front of people and playing live again. A lot of albums were paused or held in 2020 before there was a clear picture of about what was going to happen. We still don't have a definitive, you know, course of, of how things are going to happen or how things are going to flow. But we do believe, or a lot of people believe, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. As far as this album goes, the band, you know, did go through some changes, you know, pre- prior to this. How did that affect the recording process and how did that affect the vision of this album? Overall, the, the uh, you know, the lineup change and the transition went pretty smoothly. Um, uh, was it, I think it was like spring or early summer of 2019, we did a run in Europe. But uh, our front man at the time, Alex, he couldn't make the trip because he injured his back. So, the, you know, the doctor advised him to not be sitting on an airplane for 12 hours to go play shows and then get on an airplane to come back home. So we had to kind of scramble and come up with a solution for it. And uh, our drummer, our, our then drummer, Brandon, moved up to the front man position. And we had our buddy Kyle Rosa fill in on drums for that run. And this was before, obviously, the, the lineup changed. So it was kind of like that was a trial run before we even realized it. Um, so it wasn't like we had to... Um, uh, go back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, who are we going to get to sing? Who are we going to get to play drums? Are we going to hire a complete stranger? Do we know anybody? So um, not having to do that made it way more um, uh, stress-free because uh, it could have, it could have been a, a nightmare really. Um, and in the studio, my, my mental timeline of everything is so askew because of COVID and like, I don't even remember what I had for dinner last night, but um, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, we went into the studio uh, late 2019, worked for a few weeks, and then we took uh, a short break to go over to Australia. And while we were in Australia, that's kind of when the world uh, went to shit. Um, and so when we got back, we kind of had to replan how are we going to, 
uh, resume this album being that, you know, we can't obviously be in the same room with each other. So we gave it a few weeks and took all the necessary precautions and then got back into the studio. Um, and this was after we parted ways with uh, Alex, uh, uh, our old uh, front man. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just got back to work really and didn't, you know, we're very much a band that doesn't dwell too much in the past. We try to move forward as steadily as we can. And we almost like whenever we're in the studio, we kind of just put blinders on and just get to work. And, um, you know, when you're in that mode, a lot of the time it's, you lose track of time and you forget what day it is just because you're so focused on this one thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we just got back to work and hammered out a few more songs and, um, uh, here we are now, like basically on the eve of the release of this album. So, uh, we're, you know, yeah, like you said, everybody's been kind of holding off on doing stuff. And it, now that we're, it seems like we're slowly but surely digging our way out of this whole pandemic mess. Um, it's, it's going to feel good to release it out onto the world. And then, uh, obviously eventually get back to touring and get back to doing what we do. After the, you know, the transition and the lineup change, um, how did the creative process or did it change for you guys? Not really. Um, we've done, we did this record with John Feldman as well as our last record and the process or his overall process is to just get into the studio and just start throwing ideas at the wall and just see what sticks. It's very much, um, very much in the moment it's a spur of the moment thing it's very uh, um, spontaneous um, so it's kind of like you just get in start uh, brainstorming ideas with each other see what works what doesn't work track it if it's cool then you just keep working keep moving on you just keep grinding really um, so it's kind of like you know once you get in the studio just you know <laughs> hold on for dear life a lot of bands have, you know, had to record stuff remotely, um, you know, with new technology, you're able to do that. Was, was that part of the process? Was that different from before? Did you, were you guys ever able to utilize that prior to the pandemic? We didn't really have to. Um, we're all pretty much based out of Southern California, uh, with the exception of our bass player, Porter, who lives in Alabama. But if we're scheduled to do something whether it's rehearse or write or record he'll fly out so i mean we're all basically in the same place at the same time so we didn't really have to do like remote writing or remote recording or anything like that um but if if that were the case it would obviously be very easy to do with today's technology i mean like right now i'm just i'm sitting in my kitchen talking to you over a computer you know and this is like this is normal now. This is, this is how it is. So, um, so luckily, you know, if, if need be, we could, we could take, take a, take advantage of the technology. It is interesting how technology, you know, you, you, you almost take it for granted, you know, when you're doing things in, in, under normal circumstances. And now you, like you said, you know, this is normal Two people talking in two different cities over a computer, which a year and a half ago, sure, you had FaceTime and you had other, you know, avenues and vehicles to communicate with each other. But now it's it's becoming the norm. And it's such a convenient way to chat and, and speak with people. 
It is. It is. Um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like if you told me that I'd be, it would be, you know, an everyday thing to, to, to have a conversation with somebody over a computer screen, I probably would have thought you were crazy, but um, you know, the technology too, I mean, it's moving so fast and evolving so rapidly. It's almost hard to keep up. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it is what it is and this is how it is. And it, a lot of time, you know, it's one of those uh, adapt or die situations. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if anything's, you know, like Zoom calls or Skype or FaceTime, whatever it is, you know, it, it definitely makes things uh, way more convenient. You know, I don't have to drive anywhere because I hate driving. I don't have to drive anywhere to go have a meeting with the band or anything like that. So it works out. You're recording this album. You're writing it. Um, you do have a lineup change that's different. You do have a different voice in the room. You do have a different perspective from, you know, the going coming from a drummer to a singer. So that there's a different element there. You're recording this album under the circumstances that were presented. As far as the creative process goes, how was that kind of feeling out where the direction of the band was going after the change? We don't really focus too much on um, direction. And I know that sounds weird, but we just kind of, like I said, we just put blinders on and just start getting to work and, and start throwing ideas at the wall and just seeing what we like and what we don't like. It's, we've never gone into an album saying, okay, this album has to sound like A, B, and C, and it can't sound like X, Y, and Z, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, we don't really set rules on ourselves, like, if we want to do some weird poke apart in a song, we're going to do it, you know? Um, and if people like it, awesome. If they don't, that's perfectly fine too. Um, but we don't put a, a whole lot of stock into, um, oh, you know, we got to make the heaviest record ever, or, you know, we got to make this, this record super poppy. Otherwise it's not going to get played on radio or whatever. It's, we just um, kind of just blindly do what we do and, so far, it's it's kind of worked. <laughs> as far you know, you're letting that happen organically. It's it's you know, you want it the the process to be authentic. Was this album done during the pandemic? Was it was it written prior to you know? How was that you know in terms of the creating the music? It was all well. Let's see, I'd say the first chunk of it like the first half of the writing session was pre-pandemic and then the other half was uh like basically right in the middle of the pandemic and it was also to the uh all the uh, uh black lives matter like all the riots that were going on as well i remember driving up from orange county to uh la and you know seeing riot cops or riot police everywhere with, you know, armored trucks and all their, their riot gear on. And it was in the middle of a pandemic and it was just, it was very, very surreal. Like if I, you can't make that stuff up, you know, it's just, a, it was a very, very strange time. Um, and it, it was kind of weird 
uh, writing and record or basically working in the middle of all of that because it's, you know, you've got, it's, it seems like the world is ending, you know, right outside your door and you're trying to make a record. Um, and I, I wouldn't say it like threw a wrench in the program or anything, but it was, uh, Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, like I said, we get so focused on the work at hand or the task at hand that you forget what's going on in the outside world. And then when you do take a second to stop and uh, take a look around, you know, just to see riots going on everywhere in, in the middle of a pandemic, it's definitely strange. It is It is strange, or it was strange. I mean, you do have this pandemic that no one has ever experienced before. You've got the protests and the riots happening throughout the country. I mean, I think it was Memorial Day weekend where every city, it seemed like, had a protest. It was just, it was incredible. And then you end the year with this this toxic election process that was just incredible in, in terms of just, you know, hearing things that you wouldn't normally hear and seeing things you wouldn't normally hear. Did, did the recording process for you guys become a bubble to escape from all this madness? Uh, it, there was, I think for me anyway, there was definitely that like uh, bubble factor, you know, you get kind of disconnected from the outside world. Um, and that happens a lot, like even on tour, because, you know, you're, you've got all this stuff going on. You've got a show to play. You've got, uh, you know, like a VIP meet and greet, or you've got a photo show or whatever it is, you got all this stuff to do. Um, and it's, it's easy to kind of get lost or kind of get, um, uh, you lose touch with the outside world from time to time. And it's, um, it's definitely, I mean, I, I try to stay as up to date and current as I can. But then again, uh, on the flip side of that too, watching too much news, I I realized it just bums me out. You know, I can only take so much um, negativity, and I mean, you know, like you know, this time last year, the whole world was a shit show. Um, so, you know, you gotta. I at least have to take it in uh, increments. You know, I can't. I'm not one of those dudes who just sits to the TV glued watching the news because it'll drive me nuts you know it does affect your perspective because you know i'm the same way i can only handle so much of it because i don't want it to i I want to be informed but i also don't want it to affect my outlook on life and, and and a positive view on life i mean there's some people who will read the news and they think oh my God, this is happening all over. Oh my God, this is, you know, going to meet, I'm going to be next. And you can really easily fall into that trap if you're not careful. And you have to keep the perspective like, yes, this is happening, but it's not happening where I'm living. Um, And there's still good things happening in the world too, as well. It's not all bad. And, 
it can really affect and impact your perspective on things. Absolutely. You know, um, like I was saying before, it, it can definitely, you know, if I watch, if I, if I spend too much time on, you know, just wasting time, you know, scrolling through Instagram or Twitter or just watching too much news, you know, it turns me into a negative, like just a miserable negative person. And I already am a, a, a pessimist by nature. You know, I kind of, I always tend to think that things are going to get worse before they get better. So the last thing I need is even more negativity coming my way or just negative vibes or just seeing horrific things on the news. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to stay informed. It's good to stay current, but you also can't, um, you can't let it consume you. Otherwise it's, you know, you're just going to go nuts. The album's out a month from now, or yeah, I mean, uh, June 4th, right, May 5th. What excites you about this record? What's different about this record um, than the ones previous? You know, I get asked this question pretty much, you know, right before every record we've ever done. And I've never come up with a satisfactory answer. That's at least satisfactory to me. Um, I... I really, really, really like this record. I personally like it more than our last record, In Our Wake. Not to say that In Our Wake was bad. I mean, that's an amazing record uh, in, its, in its own right. But I don't know. These songs just strike me. They hit me harder. They um, Sometimes, you know, when we're writing or coming up with riffs or coming up with ideas for songs, sometimes they have to, I have to sit with it and sometimes I have to let it grow on me. But with these new songs on this new album, it didn't take very long for these songs to grab a hold of me at all. Um, so I figure, you know, if we're stoked on it, any Atreyu fan is going to be as well. What do you, where do you guys think you evolved the most on this record from the previous one? It's kind of hard to say because... Um, as artists, we kind of, we evolve very slowly, but steadily. I don't think we've ever done too much of a, of a left turn or thrown uh, too drastic of a curveball. It's definitely been a, a slow and steady evolution as a band. Um, now, as far as this record from the last one, um, I, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint some of the songs. I think the songs are just, they're just more interesting. There some are, uh, some of the songs are actually really dark. Um, but then again, some of the songs are just, you know, no brainer feel good songs as well. So there's a little bit of everything. And I know that just sounds, it's, that's such a cliche answer, but it's true. I mean, there's a little bit of everything on this record. There's, something for everybody um so yeah once we finally unleash it on the world i'll be i'll be a much happier guy not that i'm, I'm bummed out on it or anything like that it's just the the period of finishing the album to when you release it it's kind of nerve-wracking well yeah i mean it's it's nerve-wracking there's excitement there's anticipation you know well i'm sure when you guys have released albums in the past you kind of had a plan as to what's going to happen 
after the release, touring and playing out live. How is that different? Are you guys starting to book dates? Are you guys starting to look towards how much you're going to be playing in 2021? Yeah, actually, we've just started uh, conversations about touring. Um, we don't obviously don't have anything set in stone as of right now, but we're definitely looking into doing something. We're not exactly sure when. Um, we do have the uh, Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, which I believe is October, and the Blue Ridge Festival and um, Welcome to Rockville, which is, which are all like September, October, November, around that, you know, fall, basically. So um, I think if anything, that would be the time that we'll probably start getting back on the road again. But then again, who knows? You know, like if there's anything I've learned in the pandemic is to, it's to not um, take anything as gospel because things could change a week from now. Things could change tomorrow. We never know. So, um, you know, we're just like everybody else. We're just kind of playing it by ear and um, seeing how everything uh, pans out. How have you guys embraced, you know, the changes, you know, going from playing live shows to now having live stream become more of an accepted form of media. It's not the, it's not, you know, definitely won't replace the live experience of seeing a band live, but it does open up a lot of different avenues of reaching an audience or reaching a farther audience. I, I had this conversation on the show, gosh, over a month ago about how, you know, live streaming was more or less, you know, for acoustic sets or more intimate styles, you know, uh, of shows or concerts now, if you're playing and maybe you're not going to hit a market on this cycle of touring or you're not going to play, you know, in Greece or whatever, someone who's an Altreu fan can, can, a Treyu fan can, can watch you guys from Greece when you're playing in Sacramento, California. So, I mean, is that something you guys have embraced? Yeah, we, we, we did two live streams, <laughs> um, one in November and one in December. And, um, it was really cool. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, it was, you know, something productive to do during a period of uh, being non-productive or improductive, whichever the word is. Um, so, yeah, it felt good to actually be doing something and being um, somewhat connected to the fans. You know, we did like a, a live Q&A before, before the show and uh, talk to some of the fans and whatnot. Um, but I think, and I, I, I could be completely wrong, but I kind of think that the, I guess if you want to call it the novelty of a live stream seems to kind of be waning. Um, I think people might have had their fill of it. Um, you know, it kind of, it did what it's going to do. It kind of ran its course. And I think people are definitely ready to actually get into a hot and sweaty venue and, you know, have their eardrums blasted and, you know, people are ready to pay for overpriced booze and, uh, you know, tailgate or, um, you know, buy merch or, you know, go actually go to a meet and greet with the band, shake hands with the band and hang out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, the, the live, the whole live stream thing, I think, definitely it served its purpose and it was it definitely um kind of held the fans over for you know live music 
for the time being. But but now that things seem to be kind of clearing up and there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I think it's just it's making people even more excited now to actually get out and get to a show and um, be present and in the moment and, you know, um, experience, you know, experiencing the live experience. Travis, it's been a blast. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck with the new album out June 4th. It's Baptized by Atreyu. Go out and get it. It's going to be available on all streaming platforms, but go buy the physical copy on their website because you need to have that physical copy to have a better connection with music. I've always said that. But uh, Travis, Miguel, thank you very much for your time. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. Once again, everybody, I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Check us out on Twitter, at The Hook Rocks. On Facebook, you can search The Hook Rocks for our Facebook page. Check out Pantheon Podcast. You can see and listen to my guys in Shout Loudcast, Martin Popoff, Carmen Apice, Vinny Apice, Mistress Carrie, Cobras and Fire, so much more. Take care, everybody. We'll talk again soon. I will never stop. Yeah! Sometimes I feel like I'm falling So fast from the sky From the weight of my life Sometimes I feel like I'm hunted Attack me with knives Cut me up in the night It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 